Hello, and welcome back to episode 123 of the Guardian Project podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and after last week's episode, I played against some decks that we hadn't seen played this past year. Jaleva and Edgar specifically, those can now be Markov'd my list oh i like it very nice it's good that you got to it uh right away right off the bat right off the bat and i'm your other host mike and i built an obosh companion deck for a stream that i had this past weekend with falthus and jessica as partners and let me tell you that is quite the odd combo please listen carefully it was very odd indeed and this is the podcast where we talk about all things matter together but mostly commander so we had a few things happen this past week this last week was the third annual mtg content creator awards and we were honored to be nominated um, for the best mtg podcast with a small audience we want to thank all of our listeners who nominated us um, that category was taken by the lovely um Color MTG of Color of Magic. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Great show. Great show. Um, they actually hosted they the entire award ceremony. Yeah, and they so did a great job hosting it. It was, good job. it was a lot of fun. We will have a link to the actual video. Um, it's on YouTube. You can go and watch it. It's, it's like literally just over an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be in the show notes below. Yeah, very cool. It features a lot of content creators that um, you might not know about. And then you can follow them and, and find out some things that they do. It was it was magic around the world, yeah. I believe, was the theme. So all the content creators, they were all over. We had some in the U.S. There were people in France, mm-hmm. we had people in Brazil. Mm-hmm. It, it was all over. It was, it was really cool. Very cool. Um, we also had a secret lair announcement, the October Super Drop. Uh, there is a ton of cards in here. So we're just going to kind of quickly go through. Um, all the different drops that are part of the super drop. There is a Secret Lair Stranger Things super drop uh, featuring nine brand new cards, one of them a token. Uh, we have the Mirrored Insanity featuring the Mirrodin artifact lands and some really cool art. Um, Monster Anatomy 101 featuring some creatures and some uh, specific like biology stuff in the artwork. Yes, really the, cool. the, the Gishath has strong arms and in its belly is an unlucky vampire. <laughs> Yeah, an Ixalan vampire for sure. An Ixalan vampire, a monster movie marathon. Uh, They are some some cool cards with like movie poster themes. Yeah, very, very cool. A read the fine print, which is really one of the coolest flavor wise, which is a Liliana and, and her demons that were part of her contract. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool to see all these. Um, this one actually is available in etched foil as well, which is kind of cool um, compared to our normal secret layers. We have showcase midnight hunt uh, for land. So these lands that uh, famously, according to our podcast, enter the battlefield untapped um, utility lands such as Moreland Haunt and Vault of the Archangel printed in some black and white uh, midnight hunt. Uh, theme yeah the the eternal night frames Mm -hmm. and then we've got thrilling tales of the undead which includes cards like rise of the dark realms and grave crawler i'm very excited if you don't have a rise of the dark realms you can get it there grave crawler in a prom dress which is fantastic and love it Um, and then you can also pick these up as non-foil bundles foil bundles and then both the foil and non-foil bundle um and so those are on sale. So go and pick your cards up today. On sale now. Or buy them through, today. Through buy them. Yeah, pre-order today. They're on sale through November. Get them. Eventually. Yeah, sometime in the spring, probably. Yeah. yeah. And then we also have a new patron this week. Thank you so much to Dylan Wood for joining our Patreon. Yes. Your part of the project is going to be uh, copying the project in triplicate so that we can turn it in for three different classes. 
oh, oh, we're going to reuse it, yeah. recycle. Mm -hmm. I always liked when our professors would say, oh, if you've done something similar, mm -hmm. just just tweak it. Yeah, maybe bind it. Well, well, OK, no. So I did go to a school digressing here sure. where all of our text went through a program where they looked oh. to see if it ha had already been done. Mm -hmm. And it does count your previous yeah. uh, assignments. Sure. And I, I I know that at least that we had one professor that told us how much I'm using quote unquote plagiarism needed to be identified before it's before it um, flagged it, I guess. Right. And it's three words consecutively that have to appear in a sentence for it to count. So if you said like the Ford Motor Company, mm -hmm. you have you have four words and it would always flag it. So if Yikes. you're writing a project on Ford, you're you're going to get more flags than anything else. So they said you need to paraphrase your own previous project if <laughs> oh you would like gosh. to reuse it, though. I would like to just quote my entire previous project <laughs> just, with a bibliography <laughs> of my previous project. You're going to put a quote at the front and yes. at the end, at the start of the title yeah. and at the very end of your work cited Correct. page. The Correct. whole thing. Yeah. If it's inside quotes, I know it does not count. So I might not read any of your paper. Bad idea. <laughs> Bad idea. So thank you so much, Dylan, for joining our, our Patreon. And if you are listening and you want to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod and donate for any dollar amount and if you're looking for another way to support the podcast whatever platform you are enjoying the podcast on now if you could subscribe 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 rate review and leave comments we would be most appreciative and you can find us online at the guardian project podcast.com you can find our social media on twitter at guardian pod our gameplay videos at youtube.com slash the guardian project and you can email us at guardian project pod at gmail.com coil what is on the agenda this week? This week, we have another patron deck tech, this time coming from at Cube Draft. We are going to review his Queen Marchesa deck. And let me tell you, there's uh, quite the conspiracy behind this one. I think it's time for us to snatch the crown. We are talking about the queen marchesa yes this is a really marchesa strong deck rose. not marchesa the black rose we are talking specifically about the mardu marchesa that cares about the monarch and making some assassins why don't you go ahead and start us out with the intro that uh our favorite Steve gave to us. Absolutely. Cube Draft. Yes. So Cube Draft uh, brought this message with his deck. It's multiplayer nonsense. The only stipulation I used when building this deck was to use spells that have been printed in Conspiracy and Conspiracy Take the Crown. The lands required some leeway as neither Conspiracy sets had mana fixing, but I limited myself to mostly common and uncommon enters the battlefield tap lands and a smattering of lands that have been printed in Commander and Battle Bond products and maybe Commander Legends products. Who knows? It is the deck I have the most fun bringing to any table and the conspiracy sets were multiplayer focused so a lot of the spells really play into politics of the board state just as the queen intended. So since this deck is made up of cards only from conspiracy sets which is conspiracy and conspiracy take the crown we thought it might be good to actually just go over those those mechanics that those sets brought to the table so starting with conspiracy we had three mechanics will of the council parlay and dethrone. So Will of the Council, it really allows for an effect of the card to be dedicated to or decided by popular vote. So you can vote uh, and whichever card received the most vote, right? Uh, like a target permanent, uh, it gets exiled. 
Um, parlay has each player reveal the top card of their library and then draw that card with an additional effect for the player who used the parlay card that scales based on the number of non-land cards revealed that way. And then dethrone, which says um, uh, you put a plus one plus one counter on creatures when they attack as long as you're attacking the player with the highest life total. Yes. And then conspiracy take the crown brought the keywords are one of our favorite keywords ever for commander monarch. Thank you. Thank you. Monarch conspiracy. is a designation that a player may have during the game get uh, granting them the ability at the beginning of your end step draw a card and whenever a creature deals combat damage to you its controller becomes the monarch. We have melee a keyword that gives a creature plus one plus one when it attacks until end of turn for each opponent you attacked with a creature this combat uh, goad a keyword that forces creatures to attack a player other than you if able and councils Dilemma. Council's Dilemma is another way that we're going to vote, but in this case, uh, the outcome is going to be based on how many of each vote uh, went each way, not just the majority. So, you know, each vote for, you know, expropriate is, is a card that always comes to mind. Obviously, that's blue. It's not going to be in this deck, but you vote for time or you vote for money. And for every time vote, the person gets a permanent for or sorry, for every time vote, the person gets a turn for every money vote. The person gets a permanent. Always vote money. But when I cast it, please always vote time. Yeah, I would like to take four turns in a row. That would be I fantastic. would really love that. Yeah, yeah I don't I, need your permanent. I would love that for you, too. Yeah, it'd be great. As long as I'm not in the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these are the keywords that are going to be focused on. Obviously, there's going to be some cards outside of these keywords that are going to be in this deck and we are going to go over those too um, but we need to start with the queen herself um, so queen marchesa is a four mana commander in the mardu colors for one a red and a white and a black she's a three three human assassin not a noble despite being a queen and i did look it up on scryfall and gatherer just to make sure it didn't get updated to become a noble she stole this crown yes she um, she deserves. I was about to say she doesn't deserve it, but she deserves it. Um, so she has Death Touch, Haste, and two abilities. And enter the battlefield effects that allows you to become the monarch. And then another effect that says that your upkeep, if an opponent is the monarch, put a 1 1 black assassin creature token with Death Touch and Haste onto the battlefield. These tokens are pretty much meant to get the monarch back for you. Um, so having a commander that introduces the monarch to the game and then has ways of keeping or getting back the monarch is going to make sure that a lot of different people are going to be drawing more cards. So it's kind of got a group hug aspect to it, just introducing the monarch to the game. Um, outside of the commander, the deck features nine other ways to introduce the monarch mechanic to the game, oftentimes granting added effects and abilities like Queen Marchese's ability to create these assassin tokens. Um, we're not going to go over go over every single one of these cards that introduces the monarch because some of them honestly just enter the battlefield and say you become the monarch. Um, but there are some cards uh, like Custody Lich. It's a five mana zombie cleric. So for three black black, you get a four two zombie cleric. This is when it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. And whenever you become the monarch, target player sacrifices a creature. So you get an edict effect yeah. every single time you become the monarch, not just when Custody Lich enters the battlefield, but when Custody Lich enters the battlefield, you're probably going to become the Monarch and get to do that trigger. I do like this as target player sacrifices. So if someone is playing light on creatures, they're going to likely receive this each time. And I do remember <clears throat> we played a game on stream once where I had you sacrifice your creature mm -hmm. like four times. Oh, yeah. And and I did feel bad, I think, like the third time. I didn't feel it bad the fourth time. It was a pre-con game. It was okay. But it was. <laughs> but you were the only person that was really going to be able to um, take off if right. I didn't remove it. So I think this is a, this effect is really, really strong. Um, we also have cards like Knights of the Black Rose. It is a 4-4 four, four human knight for three, a white and a black that says, when Knights of the Black Rose enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. And whenever an opponent becomes the monarch, if you were the monarch at the beginning of this turn, 
that player loses two life and you gain two life. So small amounts of incremental life loss and, and you know, drain and gain here, as long as you are the monarch, which in a lot of cases, no one wants to block when you swing with the death touch assassin. Mm -hmm. So you just usually just take it back unless you're playing some little tokens or something. No, I'll keep this. Right. And you keep getting it back. And, and, and the nice thing about Knights of the Black Rose is if you have ways of becoming the monarch on other people's turn too, or at the end of people's turn mm -hmm. and stuff, you, then you can constantly be pinging people for two if people want to keep trying to take the monarch from you. Really, really like that card. Uh, Palace Jailer is our next card uh, for four mana, two white, white. You get a two, two human soldier. It says when Palace Jailer enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. And when Palace Jailer enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until an opponent becomes the monarch. So this is um a fiend hunter but only for when you're the monarch or something like that i mean there's a bunch it's of the monarch that hunter yeah that would be a good tv show the monarch the, hunter. the kingslayer the kingslayer i do want to mention is the kingslayer is yeah. palace jailer oh there yeah, you go exactly <laughs> <laughs> i do want to mention one of these cards here that i like they actually put this mechanic on a land so throne of the high city so it's a land that taps for one colorless mana or you can pay four and tap it and sacrifice it to become the monarch. It, it just introduces it on a land. Absolutely. And that you can do at instant speed. And it's a colorless land that fits in any color identity deck. So you can always introduce the monarch to any deck. And if you're playing uh, a deck that needs a land that produces colorless for an ability like, like I don't know, an Eldrazi that, that needs colorless to activate some ability, mm -hmm. throw into the high city. Can I interest you in the monarch? Comes in untapped and taps for a colorless. There's no downside. <laughs> No downside. <laughs> um, now, I really like this next card. And Andy, I know you're going to have nightmares when, I, when we start talking about I still this. think about this. <laughs> this is Protector of the Crown. This is a six mana, five and a white for a two five giant soldier. It says when Protector of the Crown enters the battlefield, you become the monarch and all damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to Protector of the Crown instead. This card might seem like, oh, you get to save yourself from one combat or whatever. But if you have... Uh, a Kenrith, the returned king, is your commander, and you can just constantly reanimate your Protector of the Crown. It becomes very obnoxious. Um, you're not going to be able to do that in your Queen Marchesa deck. You're going to be able to save yourself on one really big swing, though. It's exactly. Cool. And depending on, on what we get in the future, maybe there's cards added to this deck. We could see something that gives creatures indestructible. Sure. Or or something like every time you become the monarch, you can reanimate a creature or something, and then well, you can bring cool. it back. That'd, that'd be, cool. be cool. We also have Skyline Despot. It is a dragon for five red red that says uh, when it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch it has flying and at the beginning of your upkeep if you are the monarch you get a five five red dragon creature token with flying to you know just keep help protecting your your uh your throne yes the dragons are for protection only no swings they don't swing <laughs> they definitely don't they are only blockers no this this could get out of hand depending on how late the game goes the problem is if you let the Skyline Despot get like one upkeep of a dragon, now they have two flyers, one to block, one to swing with, and now they're going to be able to keep or regain the monarch all the time. It's a really good and card. And then sometimes they'll get three <laughs> and four. Can you imagine? I can't. Four dragons. I can't imagine four dragons. It's like I'm playing a Scion of the Ur-Dragon deck or something. Okay, so those are all the, the main ways that we're going to be interacting with the monarch, um, but there's also some ways to keep the monarch. So very similar to Protector of the Crown that's going to prevent damage that's dealt to us, uh, we have some other ways to prevent 
damage being dealt to us, and, and so we can keep the monarch. Um, so the the number one way here is ghostly prison. Uh, it's been reprinted, you know, eight different times. But conspiracy was one of the places it was was printed in two. It's a three mana enchantment for two and a white. It says creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two generic mana for each uh, creature they control that's attacking you. In this deck, you're gonna have blockers. Some of your blockers are gonna have death touch. Yes, your opponents are gonna have mana to get a couple block a couple swings through, but you're gonna have enough blockers to block this. Amazing, amazing pillow fort card. It's a shame that propaganda isn't available to play in this deck too, uh, in the blue colors. <laughs> well, we are Mardu here, even if it was available. Yeah, exactly. Be sad that you couldn't. <laughs> be sad that you couldn't play it. Um, but yeah, these these pillow fort effects are going to help you keep the monarch. Uh, Pariah is another card that was printed in uh, Conspiracy: Take the Crown that I very much enjoy in my uh, my my brash taunter deck that i really like so pariah is a three mana aura two and a white says enchant creature all damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to the enchanted creature instead so again you can you know feign one big swing this way by pariah being just a creature that's going to end up dying you know kind of the definition of pariah but if you can throw pariah on an indestructible creature then you pretty much prevent damage being dealt to you for the rest of the game perhaps or until the creature is removed um, so very cool there. We also have goat effects that can keep certain creatures from being able to attack you if they're large. There's there's lots of creatures that have flying that sometimes you just need to make sure that they don't get to you um, or creatures that are unblockable that might be able to steal the crown from you. So cards like Abyss Smirch or Grenzo Havoc Razor are actually very useful. And and although this is just a conspiracy block commander deck. Mm -hmm. These are wonderful in a lot of decks yeah. that, that can play red. So Besmirch is a sorcery for one red red that says until end of turn, gain control of target creature. It gains haste, untap, and then goad that creature. So until your next turn, that creature attacks each combat and attacks someone other than you if able. And then Grenzo Havoc Razor is a goblin rogue. It's a 2-2 for red red that says whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, choose one. You either goad target creature that player can so it has to attack each turn and not you or you can exile the top card of that player's library until end of turn you may cast that card and spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it so that's useful here because we are in the mardu colors we are specifically working with a conspiracy set but this will allow us to potentially play cards that are outside of our set too. yeah really good card advantage um i do really i i think people should be playing more copies of bismirch this is my first time actually uh reading the card bismirch and i know um you know the steal your creature cards are typically all three mana mm -hmm. red cards with you know one little added extra effect the creature's gonna get plus one plus oh or the creature's gonna gain first strike or you're gonna make a treasure token or something and this goads the creature so not only are you gonna get to swing with your opponent's creature but that creature's not gonna be able to swing at you next turn you don't have to sacrifice it if if you're playing a steal and sacrifice deck or something. So um, I really like the Carbus merch and I just wanted to put a little bit of a spotlight on that uh, before we moved away from it. Yeah. So the easiest way though, aside from goading creatures to keep the crown is perhaps just removing creatures, even if they try. Yeah. So I'm going to play some, but I would like you to lose them. And there's a lot of good removal in these there's sets. A ton of really good removal. We've it's got cards like Fleshbag Marauder, Mortify, Route, Subterranean Tremors. Very, very cool cards. Mm -hmm. Swords to Plowshares, Hallowed Burial. So I play these in quite a few decks. I'll start with Fleshbag Marauder. It's a 3-1 zombie war warrior for two and a black that says when it enters the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature. Most of the time, I just sacrifice my Fleshbag Marauder. Yeah. I and mean, most of the time, you're going to be doing that. Maybe you have a 1-1 token or something that you can sacrifice 
sacrifice instead. But then if it's not in your graveyard, you can't get it back and do it again. So, yeah, you got to sacrifice that flashback marauder. Um, I really like this uh, hollowed burial, uh, three white, white sorcery that put all creatures on the bottom of their owner's library. So it's not, um, you know, you're not you're not destroying all the creatures or exiling all the creatures. It's a way to get around uh, indestructible creatures and stuff like that. Yeah, I I really I I like subterranean tremors. So for X and a red, you've got a sorcery that says it deals X damage to each creature without flying. If X is four or greater, destroy all artifacts. If X is eight or greater, you also create an eight eight red lizard creature token. Have you made that lizard before? I've made the lizard one time in my Torbrand deck, and I regretted it because I wiped my board. Oh, you wiped your own board. I wiped my own board because it's it's creatures without flying. So in most cases, Subterranean Tremors, I usually cast it for X is three because Torbrand's toughness is four. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but I got to do it. I got to say that I created the token. You made the token. I made the 88 Lizard that I don't own. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really like the board wipe uh, route here. Uh, Three white, white, you get a sorcery to destroy all creatures and they can't be regenerated, but you can, for two generic more, cast it at flash speed. Seven mana to destroy all creatures uh, at instant speed sounds kind of similar to a cyclonic rift that everyone seems to be raving about all the time. Raving about or or (laughs) ranting about. Yeah, you know, one of the two (laughs) probably is true. We've got two spells here at one mana. We we have wild slash and swords to plowshare. Swords, solid, one red or one one white mana exile target creature. Its controller gains life equal to its power. And then wild slash that we are limited to flame slash flame slash i'm sorry flame slash it we are limited to the conspiracy set so for one red mana it's a sorcery speed spell that deals four damage to target creature four is usually enough yeah now if you want to talk about like a conspiracy specific removal spell let me introduce you to an enchantment called deadly designs for one in a black you get this enchantment that has an activated ability of pay two generic mana to put a plot counter on deadly designs any player may activate this ability whenever there are five or more plot counters on deadly designs sacrifice it if you do destroy up to two target creatures so this is the whole anyone can pay into it let me make a deal with the person who has this enchantment to destroy creatures that aren't mine by paying the 10 mana or whatever you need to do in order to get up to the correct number of plot counters this is one of those cards that i've never i've never seen this card played i just i didn't know this card existed until we did this deck tech yeah i I didn't play any of the conspiracy drafts the conspiracy i think the most popular conspiracy cards that i i know of are are queen marchesa maybe uh cards like expropriate or or selvala explorer returned but this is pretty cool to play politically for sure and one card i didn't know was in conspiracy that i used to play in a lot of my mono black decks was avatar of woe uh, six black black avatar or six black black for an avatar six five that says if there are 10 or more creature cards total in all graveyards the spell costs six less to cast so it's only black black it's got fear and you can tap it to destroy target creature and it can't be regenerated so just you know one removal per turn which is kind of nice um so outside of removal uh, outside of the monarch i should say uh, there is another big th- a big mechanic supported in the stack and that's voting so voting was introduced in conspiracy with will of the council and conspiracy take the crown brought council's dilemma uh, we do see both of these keywords in this deck um and luckily for us since voting was supported in both sets they did print a creature that allows us to have an extra vote 
in both sets with different names, which is really great for our singleton format. So first up, we have Ballot Broker for two and a white. You get a two, three human advisor that says while voting, you may vote an additional time. And we have Bragos, Bragos Representative for two and a white. You get a one, four human advisor that says while voting, you get an additional vote. I love that extra voting. It's an really extra vote. Good. This is like Survivor. And if you get an extra vote, I mean, you you get you're way ahead. Oh, yeah. One extra vote doesn't seem like much, but if there's only a few people left in the game, like maybe maybe it's maybe it's down to two people. You just win. Oh, yeah. You get to choose whatever you want. And that's actually why some voting cards like Council's Judgment was even used in uh, things like Legacy, because, you know, you can remove whatever you want. Council's Judgment being a three mana sorcery, one white white that has will of the council. Starting with you, each player votes for a non land permanent you don't control. Exile each permanent with the most votes or tied for most votes. So, yeah, if you're going to have extra votes, you can pick two different things. That way, you know, two things get exiled. If it's all tied, you can make sure the vote is tied and say everything gets exiled that got voted for. So, yeah, I like this card, a bite of the black rose. It's a sorcery for three and a black will of the council. Starting with you, each player votes for sickness or psychosis. If sickness gets more votes, creatures your opponents control get minus two, minus two until end of turn. If psychosis gets more votes or the vote is tied, each opponent discards two cards. So that token players sweat and bullets oh, during yeah. this vote. And depending on where they are in the vote, that's the part that gets rough. Every time that I see a vote card, mm -hmm. there's a full conversation. Mm -hmm. But then if if you're third or fourth in line, that's I want to be third in line. I want to be last. I don't want to be I don't want to be last. Well, sometimes last puts you in a position where you're really choosing yeah. who you want to receive the benefit that's what I when want. you're third you're the inconspicuous person that goes actually i'm gonna vote for psychosis See, and then it's it's not my problem if it then it's coil's problem well coil shouldn't have voted that way well though. that's fine i want someone else to cast a spell <laughs> and i get to choose how it resolves <laughs> that would be my favorite thing um now the one card in this set that actually is using the keyword council's dilemma is capital punishment capital punishment for four black black you get a sorcery council's dilemma starting with you each player votes for death or taxes each opponent sacrifices a creature for each death vote and discards a card for each taxes vote so with extra votes now you're talking about making people sacrifice extra creatures or discard extra cards automatically it's i don't like not, either i don't want to i abstain uh, that's too bad i am taxed. going to i'm going to filibuster this your tax <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have custody squire it is a three three flying spirit cleric for four and a white with will of the council when custody squire enters the battlefield starting with you each player votes for an artifact creature or an enchantment card in your graveyard return each card with the most votes or tied for the most votes to your hand yeah we've got some reanimate here absolutely pseudo yeah it'll work i like it it'll probably work um I like uh, I'm mentioning Council Guardian because a lot of time when people talk about Will of the Council, they think it's going to be a choice between A and B. And with Council Guardian, you get a six mana five five giant soldier that says when Council Guardian enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player votes for blue, black, red, or green. So you have four choices. And Council Guardian gains protection from each color with the most votes or tied for most votes. So hopefully you have a, a diverse pod where everyone picks a different color and then you get to just pick the fourth color and it'll just have protection from everything but white. And it'll be fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Magister of Worth is a 4-4 Angel of Flying for four white and a black with Will of the Council. When it enters, starting with you, each player votes for Grace or Condemnation. Each, uh, if, if Grace gets more votes, each player returns a creature from their graveyard to the battlefield. If Condemnation gets more votes, destroy all creatures other than 
Magister of Worth. Oh, yeah. Board wipe or reanimation. Have you seen this card cast in Commander? I have. You have. I have not. I don't get to, I don't see voting cards other than expropriate very often. That certainly says something about the pods that I, the power level of the pods that I'm playing with. Sure. But this is, this is cool. There was a uh, Dakin, Esper Dakin Blackblade deck that I played against at Command Fest Chicago that was an all voting deck. And that's where ah. I saw Magister of Worth get played. So it was un a unique deck that I saw it. Um, but the last card that I want to talk about here is actually the cheapest voting card for only two mana. You get Tyrant's Choice for one in a black, a sorcery with Will of the Council. Starting with you, each player votes for Death or Torture. If Death gets more votes, each opponent sacrifices a creature. If Torture gets more votes or the vote is tied, each opponent loses four life. Two mana to do four life worth of damage to three different people. 12, 12 damage for, for two mana. Sounds pretty good. That's not nothing. That's, that's not nothing. That's not nothing. Now, we only have one card in the deck with Parlay, and that is Rousing of Souls. So Rousing of Souls is a sorcery for two and a white that has uh, Parlay. Each player reveals the top card of their library. For each non-land card revealed this way, you put a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token of flying onto the battlefield. Then each player draws those cards they revealed. I like Parlay. I'm sad we don't see it more in this deck. Yeah. But it's it's very cool. It's just it replaces itself, right? Mm -hmm. The sorcery replaced itself, and potentially you made up to four creatures. Yeah, and they're flying spirits that are going to help you keep the monarch or get the monarch back. Keep that crown, go get that crown. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a fantastic choice for your one parlay card that's in this deck. Absolutely. And then the way to close out the games really is with some good old fashioned beaters using dethrone and melee. Yeah, there's a few uh, a few creatures in here. Uh, Adriana, Captain of the Guard, a five mana, three red, white, four, four human knight with melee. So whenever this creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each opponent you attacked with a creature this combat. But it also grants your other creatures melee, meaning that if you swing one creature at each one of your opponents, all of your creatures are going to be getting, you know, plus two, plus two. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I I've seen Adrian do some work. Or Adriana. I'm sorry, not a Adriana. Adriana. <laughs> I've seen Adriana do some work. I don't see melee very often. I see a lot of the time, I think it's because someone wants to attack just a single opponent mm -hmm. and not, there's not always good swings against all three opponents. Right. Usually there's like two that you'll swing favorably at. Sure. But if you've got those flying spirits that, you I, know. I just think like, I think I think Saskia the Unyielding overshadows the keyword melee a lot. Just being able to pick one person and then that person takes combat damage whenever somebody else takes combat damage, whenever you deal combat damage to someone else. So it's just maybe it's just an overshadowed keyword by some some better better cards. But um, I know that there are some cards that uh, are going to help that effect, like you mentioned, you know, hitting everyone. So Grenzo's Ruffians, two red red. You get a 2-2 Goblin with melee. This is whenever Grenzo's Ruffians deals combat damage to a, an opponent. It deals that much damage to each other opponent. So that's actually like a Kethys effect from Commander Legends, um, being able to hit everyone by only attacking one person. Um, there's also Enraged Revolutionary and Grenzo's Cutthroat. Um, these are pretty much uh, you know vanilla creatures with Dethrone. Um, so Enraged Revolutionary it's, is a three-mana creature two one human warrior with dethrone and uh grenzo's cutthroat is a two mana one one with first strike and dethrone and the last creature we have in this category is deputized protester so it's a two one human warrior for two and a red 
It has menace. It cannot be blocked except by two or more creatures. And it has melee. So whenever it attacks, it gets plus one, plus one for each um, creature or each opponent that you attacked with the creature during this combat. So it's nice to have that menace evasion on that. Make sure this creature stays alive so you can keep getting that melee trigger every single turn. Yeah. So we also have some other notables for this deck. We do have some card advantage. Why don't you walk us through our card advantage? Sure. So there's not a lot of things that like helps you ramp in this deck per se. Uh, so they t- they. Steve cube draft takes advantage <laughs> of, of things like swamp cycling and basic land cycling on cards like twisted abomination. Twisted abomination is a six mana five and a black five, three zombie mutant where you can pay a black to regenerate twisted abomination, but has the aforementioned ability swamp cycling for two generic mana. You can discard the card and search your library for a swamp, reveal it and put it into your hand, helping with your mana fixing. Yeah, we have, we have some where we're trying some mana fixing here. Um, card advantage, a card, um, that is creeping up there in price. Funny, funny enough. Phyrexian Arena. So it's an enchantment for one black black that says at the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card and lose a life. We've got some ways to gain life. We've seen it. So this you could completely negate with giving away the crown and taking the crown back with our creatures. How do you feel about Phyrexian Arena? I, pl- I do play it and I have it in a deck tech that we just that I just created. It's it's a slower card. Mm-hmm. I will say that. But I've I've noticed that if I get it out on turn three, most of my games, I would say I'm getting to seven, eight, nine lands, not necessarily including ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can get at least three draws off of it, I'd play a card that says pay three, lose three or draw three, lose three life, which right. is what this essentially would be. Anything over three, in my opinion, it's just gravy. That's fair. So I, I want guess, three. I want three upkeeps. I guess I just don't like the fact that it takes three turns for that to happen. But I understand. Pay now. It's like it's like a loan. I like the two. No, it's not a loan. What is it? <laughs> pay now, receive the benefit. No, that's really bad. You should receive the benefit now and pay over time. Exactly. This is this is pay now, receive later. But it could exponentially. This is you won the lottery and you took the pay me once a month or whatever option. I think that's the worst option, sum. though, in the lottery. I think yeah. what you're supposed to do because you'll die before you ever take receive the lump that, sum. Take your lump sum. Yeah. Just make sure you save enough money to pay your taxes. That sounded really morbid, but it's true, though. <laughs> You're not going to live forever. Sorry. Unlike the next card on our list, Kaya Ghost Assassin, who might be able to live forever. I don't know. Who knows? She'll get old one day. Kaya Ghost Assassin is a four mana planeswalker. So two white and a black. You get a planeswalker Kaya that enters the battlefield with five loyalty counters. Has three different abilities for zero. You can exile Kaya Ghost Assassin or up to one target creature. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of your next upkeep. You lose two life. So this is oftentimes used to reset Kaya's ability to go back to five loyalty because you'll see her next two abilities are minus. But you can also use this to remove your opponent's tokens, which is pretty cool. Um, You can minus one Kaya. So each opponent loses two life and you gain two life which is your fallback ability if there's nothing else to do on the board. And there is a minus two where each opponent discards a card and you draw a card. So you have card draw here in your Planeswalker and then you can protect it by blinking it, which is pretty nice. We have a, so we make a lot of tokens. Mm-hmm. We make tokens that have death touch, tokens that have flying, mm-hmm. giant dragon tokens. If you can land Kaya Ghost Assassin and minus two twice and then zero to reset Kaya, you 
you could really do a lot. I have not seen this Kaya perform very often, and I usually don't see this Kaya played. And I wonder if it's because it's not had. Um, I actually think it might have only been printed once, and I think this is its only yeah. printing. It it's un it's unseemingly powerful, but I think it does a lot. It does a lot as long as you get to activate it two or three times. Yeah, I think this card is, uh, like most Planeswalkers, much better in in smaller amounts of player formats, such as a 1v1 format. I thought that was a long-winded way of saying that, but um, yeah, I think I think Kaya benefits with having less players, but you can say that about most Play that Kaya late game. You'll get more. You'll get more benefit. Oh, take out, sure. you know, take out your 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 uh, opponents earlier. I was trying to make a joke there about taking out the people trying to steal the crown, but it just it didn't come to me. You can kill the ones trying to commit regicide. Close the castles. Pull up the bridge. Yeah, the close crashing, the drawbridge. Tra- crashing drawbridge is not from the set, but if we had it, I would crash the drawbridge. No, you want to uncrash the drawbridge. Un- <laughs> pull up the drawbridge. Yes, pull up the bridge. <laughs> uncrash it. We also have Horn of Greed. Horn of Greed is an artifact for three mana. Whenever a player plays a land, they may draw a card. This is wonderful. It also makes your opponents feel like you're their friend. Yeah, you get a little bit of group hug. If someone's playing a landfall deck and, and if this card is in your hand, you pitch it into the graveyard immediately. You never play it. You never play this against a landfall deck. Don't do it. Don't. But Harvester of Souls, though, I would play against any deck. Yeah. It is a 5-5 demon for four black black that has death touch. And whenever another non-token creature dies, that's any, you may draw a card. Yes. Very cool that it is both your creatures and your opponent's creatures. It is non-token, and we are making quite a few tokens, but it's okay. I think if it if it didn't care about if it was a token or not, it could only be your opponent's creatures, because otherwise it's too easy to abuse, I think. Coil would like to play a grave crawler with, with like an <laughs> Ashnod's altar and just have another zombie. Yes. I would like to draw my deck, please. I would like to draw my deck. I mean, who wouldn't want to draw their deck? Drawing cards is the best part of magic. Everyone keeps telling me. Speaking of which, what feels sometimes like card draw but it's not is a card called ill-gotten gains so ill-gotten gains is a sorcery uh, for four mana two black black that says exile ill-gotten gains each player discards his or her hand then returns up to three cards from his or her graveyard to his or her hand so as long as your hand is less than three cards it's card advantage for sure because you're going up to three and chances are everyone else is going down to three. I didn't really think about that card like this, but that's true. But you also have to have cards in your graveyard that you want back. <laughs> Probably the same cards you've been casting the whole game, I hope. <laughs> yeah. But now your opponents are also going to be able to get whatever cards they want back. The nice part is, is you actually get to see exactly what cards everyone puts back in their hand. So nothing is a surprise anymore. No. And we also have two other forms of mana fixing in the deck in Gleam of Resistance and Absorption. Absorb this, not absorb this, absorb this. Yes. So absorb this is six and a black for a source that says target player loses four life and you gain four life. I don't know if you would ever cast that, but it has basic land cycling of one and a black. So I'm probably always going to basic land cycle this. And then Gleam of Resistance is four and a white. It's an instant that gives creatures you control plus one, plus two until end of turn. You untap them. So that is... A little tricksy combat there, especially with Death Touch Assassins. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it also has basic land cycling for one and a white. You can discard it and search your library for a basic land, put it into your hand. So we do have some fixing, although without having uh, many duels, there weren't there weren't a ton of lands that are going to do that for us in Conspiracy. 
Um, right. So we have to draw these. Yes, yeah, so you have to draw the lands. Um, yeah, spectral spectral searchlight being the only mana rock is a three mana artifact that says tap it, choose a player. That player adds one mana of any color they choose. So at least it adds a color of mana. You can use it as group hug to help other people add mana, but you're probably going to want it for yourself. And you're going to run 39 lands. So, you know, most people talk about anywhere between 34 to 37 lands to start out. So this is a little bit higher on the scale because there is only one rock. There's no dorks either. So there's no dorks, no dorks, one rock. That's that's our next podcast name. No, no dorks, one rock. <laughs> There's definitely no dorks on this show. Only one rock. I, do you own rock? I have rocks in my garden. We've got rocks. Yeah. No, my, my girlfriend show owns rocks. a lot of rocks. A lot of rocks. She collects some rocks. Pretty rocks. <laughs> colorful rocks. They're so we rocks. also have some creatures here that didn't necessarily fit into any of the categories as we were creating this agenda. So we wanted to go through some of those. Uh, one, notably, a very cool commander card, Grenzo Dungeon Warden for X and then black and red. Uh, you get a 2-2 Goblin Rogue. Uh, it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. You can pay two and put the bottom card of your library into your graveyard. If it's a creature card with power less than or equal to Grenzo's power, just put it on the battlefield. Yeah. Most people have to build around this card, but this is just going to be a It is cool to see, though, when you roll the dice and it does end up being something that's important that makes you the monarch. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. It's very cool when that happens. So when Grenzo says, crushed it. Does Grenzo say that? Grenzo would definitely say crushed it. He'd say crushed it. And it's talking about his hunched over back is really what got crushed. Oh, that poor, that poor, <laughs> that poor goblin rogue. We also have now the cutest little, the cutest little rat here, sinuous vermin. For one in a black, you get a two-two rat horror that has monstrosity three. So you can play, or you can pay three black black. And if it's not monstrous yet, you put three plus one plus one counters on it, and it becomes monstrous. As long as sinuous vermin is monstrous, it has menace. So you have a little cute little rat that becomes a big fat rat that has to be blocked by two creatures. And and it probably will get blocked by two creatures. Um, I really like the card. Custody Soulbinders here. We talked about uh, Monarch getting it back, keeping it, and having flying creatures be a good way to do that. And Custody Soulbinders is going to be a fantastic way to produce those flyers. So for three and a white, you get a Human Cleric 0-0. Zero, zero. It says when Custody Soulbinders enters the battlefield, it enters with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the number of other creatures on the battlefield. And you can pay two and a white to remove a plus one plus one counter from Custody Soulbinders to create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. So hopefully this will be able to create an army of flying tokens for you. Yeah, I, I like Sangromancer here. Two black black for a 3-3 three, three flying vampire shaman. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you can gain three life. Whenever an opponent discards a card, you may also gain three life. We've got a there's we've mentioned discard a card a few times here. We've I think you'll yeah discard. We've mentioned give all your all your opponent's creatures minus two minus two. There was like thirteen removal spells in this deck. It's well supported, making your opponents put stuff in their graveyard. I think Sangromancer will definitely see that that life gain a few times if you can get it out absolutely and it's going to be important because we're going to have phyrexian arena out on turn three for the entire game we have to get so we can draw we can draw we can draw all those cards and gain so much life yes now one card that was recently um it was a, a box topper i believe for time spiral remastered um sanctum prelate 
Is buy it? a box? Is it a buy a box promo? It was a buy a box. It buy wasn't a bo- in yeah, the box. Yeah, not it a box stopper. You're right. Buy a box promo. Sanctum Prelate, three mana, two, two, one white, white. You get two, two human cleric. This is a Sanctum Prelate enters the battlefield. Choose a number. Non-creature spells when converted mana cost equal to the chosen number can't be cast. So, you know, you sit down against a CEDH deck and you just name one. And then they can't cast their demonic consultation anymore and you're good to go. That's probably not what you're going to do with Sanctum Prelate. I don't know what you're going to do with Sanctum Prelate in honestly like a more casual power pod. It seems more of like a modern style um, card to play when you know what your opponent's going to play. And you hope from doing it. someone at the table is playing blue and they play telepathy. So everybody's playing with their hands revealed. So you see it coming and you play it mm-hmm. naming something that's important. Now... <laughs> That's that's rude. They, did, <laughs> see, we were real deep there. Yeah. Now, to be fair, reading this card, it does say non-creature. So if you are playing against someone who has a planeswalker as commander, you can name the converted mana cost of their planeswalker and basically never more their commander this way. Oh, yeah. Every, so so Saint and Prelate is just nevermore. Nevermore for Planeswalker commanders only. But at all times it is that, though. So <laughs> yes. we can always argue it is always it's a always version of, of nevermore. nevermore. It's yeah. always sometimes nevermore. <laughs> we also, also have Liliana Spectre, a 2-1 with flying for one black black. When it enters, each opponent discards a card. So we have another discard here. Yeah, it, it, tons of those those little things exist everywhere. Uh, and the last creature we have on here, one that I had never even heard of before, um, and I, I probably will only see it in this deck, honestly, and that is Carnage Gladiator. Uh, Carnage Gladiator is a 4-2 Skeleton Warrior for two, a black, and a red that says whenever a creature blocks, or sorry, whenever a creature blocks, that creature's controller loses one life. Then for one, a black and a red, you can regenerate Carnage Gladiator. So if your opponents are playing a walls deck that's going to just keep blocking everything, sure, Carnage Gladiator seems like a fantastic option. But also, this is this is period whenever a creature blocks. So if so your if opponents you block, are swinging at each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess. It, you're just like, go go to town. It does um, decentivize. I still don't know if that's a word. I think de- I've used it on de- the podcast. De-incentivize. De-incentivize. You f- yourself from blocking with your death touch creatures, which kind of is a little bit of a drawback, but maybe the advantage is better than the drawback. We have enough life gain in here. We don't care. That's That could be true. Sangromancer. As long as Sangromancer turn four, Phyrexian Arena turn three, now we're good to go. We're going to nothing but gas the whole game because we're never drawn a mana rock <laughs> exactly <laughs> so looking at the mana base we do have one very very good land in here in reflecting pool mm-hmm. so tap to add one mana of any color that a land you could tr- could that you control could produce yes so once once you get out a nomad outpost also great card that was added to this because it is in the Mardu colors. Mm-hmm. Most of the lands that were not from Conspiracy that were added were all tap lands. That uh, that taps for red, a white, or a black. Your uh, your Reflecting Pool is just good to go. Oh, yeah. Notably, Reflecting Pool was printed in Conspiracy. It was? It's beautiful in the original Conspiracy set and I opened like five of them and I loved <laughs> it. So we have the Scry Lands, the, the, uh, the Temples, so Temple of Triumph, Temple of Silence, and Temple of Malice. So they enter the battlefield. Um, 
they allow you to scry one and they tap for two different colors. Yep. Mentioned uh, battle bond lands like luxury suite that enter the battlefield untapped as long as you control two or more opponents. You control two or more, but as long as, as, you, long have, as you control two or more opponents, if you, you can control their turns. I mean, that's possible. <laughs> My enslaver yeah. one, Emrakul the other. I control two opponents. So this, now your card better do a <laughs> no, lot. No, it when just it makes enters. it just makes the land enter untapped. That's it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Evolving wilds, uh, cards that that uh, check for for uh, lands when they enter the battlefield. So cliff tap retreat uh, when it enters the battlefield, it enters tapped unless you control a mountain or a plains. Um, I like these budget. I use these more in budget five color decks. The vivid cycle, vivid crag, vivid marsh, and vivid meadow, which each can tap for either a red, black, or white, but also come in with two charge counters. They do enter the battlefield tap, but you can remove those charge charge counters to tap for a mana of any color. Um, so definitely a really great budget mana fixing option there. Right. So at the end of these episodes, we like to talk about possible upgrades. But for this, an upgrade only comes with another conspiracy set. It's a conspiracy. You it's... can't upgrade this deck. <laughs> so Watsy, if you're listening, we need another conspiracy conspiracy set so Cube Draft can update. That's right. With future options well, maybe queen marchesa will be in a different combination of colors this next time outside of black and red maybe we'll get conspiracy cards that will function in commander oh like act like okay so. i mean there, there were some cards right that that you would have to write down secret things and mm -hmm. you reveal it that feels very conspiracy -y. sure and we do that with with wheel of misfortune right now there's some cards where you have to write down some, something secretly something secret something you keep Sorry. your secrets. You keep your secrets. <laughs> keep your secrets. Are you quoting Lord of the Rings or are you quoting the meme about Lord of the Rings? Probably the meme about Lord of the Rings because I will admit it here. I've watched the first Lord of the Rings film, uh, portions of the second film. Mm -hmm. I never saw the third film. Fun, fa I, fun fact, that quote is from the first film. Oh. That's all right, Gandalf. You keep your secrets. Oh. Yeah. But hey, it all makes sense. <laughs> this was like Star Wars when I watched it for the first time when I, I think I was 25. Okay. I did not watch it as a child growing up. Um, the uh, the reference to these are not the droids you are looking for oh, yeah. finally made sense. Wow. These are not the insert generic comment. Yeah. Like, these are not the candles you are looking for. These are not the assign whatever uh -huh. it was. Uh-huh. None of that made sense to me until I watched that that movie. Yeah, go, that was, oh my gosh, this makes so much that sense. That was going on your entire life. That reference, literally. My, uh, it came out before I was brought onto this planet. Yeah. <laughs> and I did not know what it meant until I was in my 20s. Help so, me, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. You're my only hope. <laughs> Luke, I am your father. That I understood, though. Yeah. Well, that one, that makes sense. I had seen that clip. You saw the clip. Or you saw, like, an animation of it from, like, funnyjunk.com or something. It was... I'm sure the Star so, Wars rap, something like that, or wherever that that website was where you would go and watch the that that video about. Um, well, then take a nap and fire as I miss. Us. Uh, I, what I, was that? I would go on Newgrounds for something like that, but I don't know if you were a Newgrounds. Kid we're or not. aging ourselves here. Yeah, we're very young on this podcast. We we used to watch video. We used to watch videos on Adobe Flash Player and play Flash games on Adobe Flash Player. I guess everything was on Adobe. Flash everything Player, was Adobe Flash, Player. which is not supported anymore. Uh oh. Uh-oh, they have better <laughs> things now. <laughs> it moved to Java, then it moved to just good stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for submitting this deck list. This was a lot of fun to put together. And thank you so much for your support. Um, 
we hope to do one of these in the future for all of our listeners. They're really fun to do. They are really fun to do. And we definitely have more lined up. So if you are interested in having your deck featured on our show, you can check that out on Patreon. And let's give a little spoiler for next week. What's next week? What's next week? We are coming up to our one year anniversary on one of our favorite episodes we've ever done, which is the Halloween candy episode. And this year we are doing it again with candies we've never tried before. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we're going to determine one, whether or not they're good. And we're not going to, we might, we might, you know, you're not going to agree with us. You're not. Some of them might. There are some candies here that we're like, "Mm, I'm not sure I want to try this, but we're going to rate whether or not we would pass it out at Halloween. Okay. Okay. And then, and we're going to compare it to which commander we think that it is most comparable to. It's going to be an interesting thing on whether or not we would pass it out because it's like, there's a threshold because if it's so good that I don't want to pass it out because I want to keep it for myself or if it's so bad that I wouldn't wish this on the worst person. I have person. physically been at Mike's house on Halloween yeah. when you gave away a Reese's peanut butter cup and a Kit Kat. So I know you will give away the good stuff. You also know that I bought two bags, one to hand out, one it for was, the freezer. No, 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 no. It was one for the children, <laughs> two for us in the living room. That's true. But the bowl you had was giant. So we're going to talk <laughs> next week's all candy. All and candy. I'm very excited. So we're going to have lots of photos leading up to our next episode. It's going to be pretty Maybe, sweet. maybe lots of... <laughs> yes well we want to thank you all for listening this week if you want to contact us you can find me directly on twitter at andy flory oh i have changed it it is no longer at at flory because people thought that it was at at flory Mm -hmm. so it was funny someone when i was talking about changing on twitter they said now instead of calling you at flory if you just changed it to flory you could be at flory but it really should have been at at flory right but now it's just Andy Flory makes sense. That's now my name on Twitch as well. See, now I'm thinking that if you actually enjoyed Star Wars, <laughs> being at at Flory would be amazing to be an ATAT Flory. AT, that's that's good. If I was if, if this was a Star Wars podcast, that would in fact be my Twitter <laughs> handle. But it's not. No, you're right. Until it's we have podcast. until we have secret layer Star Wars, which that, it'll come. I'll change my name. I'll change my display name on Twitter to ATAT Flory. Okay. That's a good one. All right. We'll hold you to that. And (laughs) if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Wormcoil Engine. And of course, we want to give a special thanks to Ryan Nichols, our producer and editor. Thank you so much for everything that you do. We appreciate it. And to Chris Wolf, who handles all of our graphic design. Thank you so much for everything you do. We appreciate it. And to all you listeners out there, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for everything that you do for us. And we'll talk to you next week.